Rondo, Brett, Hall, Courtnell, Campbell, Cujo, Jenny, Oates, Brown, Chase, Fuhrer, Zombo, Sezzle, Butcher, Shanny, Tilly, Tuttle, Sutter, Twister, Turcott, Kimball, Turjan, Baron, Bassin, Pronger, Pearson, Bergevin, Bozon, Al McKinnis, Crab, Chuck, Howard, Chuck, Petrovicki, Pellerin, Dimitra, Yate, Corson, Conrad, Gretzky, yes sir, I'm a blues fan, yes sir, I'm a blues fan, heartbreak's all I knew, man, that team from old St. Lou, man, got a cup near 52, man, gimme a let's go blues. Here's your starting lineup for Toasted STL. Tom Franklin, the man called Wags, and Blues Fan Reacts. Ah, it's the smell of a brand new podcast. Don't you love it? Welcome to Toasted St. Louis, which, by the way, that new podcast smell smells like tropical airwick and garlic. No, uh, no, it smells like strip club snake. It's still, it's, it smells like strip club steak. That's so that's where, the, that's where the garlic That's from. a tongue twister. Holy hell. That is. That is a uh, difficulty level high to start the new podcast. I'm Tom Franklin, joined as always by my buddy Wags. Wags, how you doing, bud? Doing well, doing well. A little, a little tired. Stayed up a little too late last night for my old self, but uh, enjoyed a nice movie and got a chance to watch a couple of good soccer games the last couple of days as well. Yes, I know it's a hockey podcast, but soccer's good too. That's right. That's right. Soccer is basically hockey with more players, more flopping, and uh, more grass. Uh, so we, it's all right. We can we can talk about it now and then. By the way, Black Widow, two thumbs up. Uh, one and a half. One and a half. Okay. Yeah. Still worth your time. Oh, oh but, yeah, but maybe doesn't hit the notes that the usual MCU does. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, considering we've already kind of seen this time frame, you know, it's it's a little bit lost in her stuff. But we've already seen. I mean, it's post Civil Wars before Infinity War, so we kind of know who's going to survive and all. I mean, there's 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 some questions to answer, but not a whole lot. Uh, it, the the post credit scene though opens things up even more. And I tell you what, between that and the TV shows that are out now, Marvel's doing well. They're doing okay. They're doing okay. Loki's very interesting, by the way, if you haven't had a chance to check that out on Disney+. Plus, Or maybe you're one of those people, I know a few of you are out there, that are waiting for the season to end and then go go back and binge it. You know, that's that that's a popular tactic. I couldn't wait because I, 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 I love Loki. So uh, definitely worth your time. Uh, by the way, we have been very rude to one uh, Blues Fan Reacts. We have been talking here for about three minutes and haven't even said his freaking name. Mason, how you doing? Mm, tired today. Uh, I was uh, had to cover for my coworker on an emergency basis today, so it's my fault that we're late. I'm just the worst person. I'm the worst podcast <laughs> mate. I'm the worst content. Yep, mm, rain it down, rain it down. I I deserve it. It's actually uh, raining hopefully. here in St. Louis. It's raining here in St. Louis. It's already you're already doing it. Yeah. Oh, I <laughs> could use some rain right about now. It is 104. <laughs> That's all. I I I heard that value was like 130. It was 107 this afternoon, How but shit. since it's in the evening, rookie it's not as bad. Got to pump those numbers up, man. Those are rookie people, numbers. I, rookie numbers. I know, I know. Well, I get people saying, like, I, I get people telling me, like, are you in a heat wave or something? I'm like, every summer is a heat wave. The whole summer is just one giant heat wave. So it is like, it's whatever. So would it be like a heat tsunami for you then? Yeah, pretty much. Heat flood. Heath flood. There we go. There we go. We we just have flood floods here. This 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 gotcha. time. Thankfully, not too bad. 
Yeah, knock on the wood there, Tom. Yeah, all that all that land that Cronky bought along the Missouri River and you know made levees for and has caused all sorts of flooding chain reaction down the road hasn't <laughs> happened quite yet. But uh, duly noted, thank you for Cronky for that too. Um, all right, we're beating around the bush here. Of course, uh, we are uh, the a podcast formerly known as Blue Notes. Uh, we were a part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Now we are independent, so no more DraftKings ads at the beginning of episodes. Um, we might replace DraftKings sponsor us. Uh, DraftKings, if you want to, I mean, if you're thinking of helping the little man out here, okay, um, you know the the people with the entrepreneurial spirits. Uh, DraftKings, uh, please give us a, a ring. Our uh, email is uh, toasted stl. Sports. What is your email? Toasted STL Sports at gmail.com. Truly professional broadcasters. <laughs> we, we've, we've carried something over from the old show, haven't we? Yes, yes, we have. Yes, we have. Our, our, yeah, just, you know, the more things change, the more they stay the same. By the way, in Vegas, 115 degrees. Our friend Ooh. Vegas Blues fan checking in there, uh, broiling in the heat in Vegas. And uh, here in St. Louis, we are broiling about uh, the possibility that Vladimir Tarasenko is no longer going to be a St. Louis Blue. We've waited about a week so we can come to grips with this likelihood of you know him moving on this offseason. Um, we're going to look at the drama behind what kind of you know precipitated this, and I gotta wonder, guys, maybe if this is a you know a bit of a black eye on the Blues because this will be the second straight offseason that a franchise-level player has left the Blues under not great terms. But mm -hmm. we'll, we'll talk about that in the first period here in a little bit. Second period, we'll also uh, talk about uh, the potential trade destinations for Vladimir Tarasenko because we're going to do that too, just like everyone on Blues Twitter right now. This is one of the most fun times to be a fan, if you can put aside the fact that you're trading away Tarasenko, is what are they going to get for him? Could it be a one-for-one -one swap where they get an intriguing player in return? Uh, could it be for picks and prospects? Or in the case of Seattle, nothing. We'll <laughs> talk about that in just a little bit as well. And then uh, in the speaking of Seattle, for the third period, we have made our expansion draft picks. If we were the GM, who would we protect heading into the Seattle draft, which is uh, those lists are coming out in just a week. So we'll go ahead and uh, go over those. Each one of us uh, made our list. We have some fancy schmancy graphics to display them for you. And uh, that'll be in our third period. And for overtime, we might uh, talk a little bit about uh, the Patrick, the uh, trifecta for one Pat Maroon. So we'll uh, get to that in our overtime here. But first things first. <music> So Vladimir Tarasenko wants to move on. That is official from Jeremy Rutherford first made it official. Jim Thomas backed him up on it on the post-dispatch about the same time. He has handed in a list of 10 teams that he would accept a trade for. Um, mm -hmm. There's been rumors about four of them and a lot of speculation about all 10 um, and by the way, since that article came out, really, I haven't heard anything new as far as a potential destination for him. I think we're all just kind of grasping at straws at this point. And again, we'll yeah. get potential trade destinations in period number two. But mm -hmm. I got to ask you guys this, and we'll start off with uh, Wags. Could this have been avoided? I mean, because this seems like, 
you know, it's it, it seems like multiple things. I mean, the the, the shoulder surgeries, you know, the third the, the two times didn't work with the blues uh, medical staff. Third team did. And then, of course, not getting the captaincy, maybe getting pushed down to pecking order by Mike Hoffman, at least on the power play for the for the playoffs. Could this have been avoided, Wags? I don't think so. I really don't think it could have been because you can't go back in, in hindsight and say, oh, well, we should have done this in the surgery first off overall and everything would have been great. Because from everything that I've read and understood is that it didn't, it took until the third surgery before they really realized what exactly was wrong. And yes, maybe you can lay that at the feet of the medical staff, not knowing exactly what they were looking for. It also could have been the injury itself. It could have hidden what actually was wrong with Vladimir Tarasenko as well. So you get that. And then, you know, the captaincy issue, I mean, really, was Vladimir Tarasenko ever going to be the captain of the St. Louis Blues? I really don't think so. I don't think and, so. And it's no. not just because uh, of a language barrier or anything like that. I just I don't think he was the presence at the captain level that we really needed. You know, you had the David Backus before that. Then you had Alex Petrangelo. And, and Ryan O'Reilly even, yes, one year into it, really stepped up and became a leader of this team. And the fact that Tarasenko was out injured for a lot of the, the last couple of years as well, captaincy was never going to be a part of that. And that, that also parlays into why Mike Hoffman was elevated the way he was. Mike Hoffman was a consistent goal scorer for the last couple of years. Vladimir Tarasenko was not. Part of that is because the Blues didn't utilize him properly in the power play, at least in my mind. My mind, he is that TJ Oshie, middle of the of the ice, right in front of the net, kind of quick shot guy. Whereas Tarasenko wanted to be the the slot guy that uh, Alex Ovechkin is, but he doesn't have an Alex Ovechkin shot. He doesn't have that quick snapshot, that that slap shot, that one timer that Ovechkin has. So he was trying to put himself into a position that he was not going to succeed in. So you put all three of those things together, and whether you lay the blame at the medical feet, at Tarasenko's feet, at the Blues feet, it doesn't really matter because. This was going to happen at some point because of the injuries. It, it, it could not have been avoided, and it sucks, but you know it, it is best pie for both parties to move on. Yeah, and it's, and, it's a, and I think you know there's something to be said about you know what that Russian article you know came out with with Tarasenko complaining about not getting the C. It almost fe- it almost kind of felt like maybe Tarasenko was looking for a reason mm-hmm. to leave at some point. I mean, you know, he's I know in the past with the Blues, you know, in past this is past regimes, but like Brett Hall was captain, even mm-hmm. though he may not be like your prototype captain i mean but he was the star of the team so they gave him the c to placate him and then of course mike keenan came along and took it away and that all was fun after that but but with tarasenko um mason i personally didn't think he was captain material um i i understand he's been with the organization for you know decade he was the nhl 17 cover star um but i never saw like a leader in him did you mason uh there is a big difference between having an elite goal scorer on your team and having a leader on your team just look at ryan o'reilly look at andy green with the devils he was no scorer he was no wonderful player but the thing that made him so special the thing that ultimately gave him the c on his jersey with new jersey is that he 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 led the team and he was the morale booster you know, maybe you give a superstar on your team the A, you know, an assistant captaincy badge. Sure. Not like you don't give so, you don't give somebody the C just because they're a good player. I never saw to I never heard of any 
you know, younger guys in the organization saying, oh, Tarasenko's the one who helped me hone my game. Tarasenko's the guy who everybody looked up to in the locker room. You know, I heard a lot of that about Alex Steen and Jay Bomeister and Alex Petrangelo and Brian O'Reilly. I don't hear that stuff uh, when it comes to Tarasenko. So, I mean, can I understand why he'd be a little sour? Of course I can. You know, you've been the heart and soul of this team, you know, ever since you were drafted by them in 2010. Of course, you'd love to have captained this team. But at the end of the day, maybe the language barrier is an issue because, I mean, got to think about that, too. He doesn't speak wonderful English. He never has. Uh, but that makes for very fun press conferences and a couple of Stanley. And yes, and a couple uh fun T-shirts, but that doesn't make a captain. No, it doesn't. And, you know, I don't think anyone is questioning Tarasenko's heart or his work ethic. I mean, he's mm-hmm. always been a hard worker. That's never really been in doubt so much. You do kind of wonder, though, towards the end of his Blues run, you know, he, there were times where it looked like he was disconnected a little bit and he didn't really seem in on the play. And if I, and I wonder if this was uh, him saying screw this shit i want out of here you know i really i really kind of wonder if that was starting to materialize but you know wags you're shaking your head because that doesn't seem like a tarasenko thing to do not not so much a tarasenko thing to do but it goes back to the injury i mean like you don't have the camaraderie and the connection with your your teammates because you're not in the locker room you're not traveling with the team you're off on your own rehabbing all the time that he missed he missed out on that team building. He missed on the the camaraderie, the relationships. Mm-hmm. Yes, they, they they still connected. They still talked. But being in the trenches with these guys, game in and game out, forms a bond that when you go away from that for even a short amount of time, it takes a little while to get that back. You know, the, the relationships that you have with your line mates, you lose that. And if somebody steps in in that time frame and, and connects with those guys, then all of a sudden, then you have to go play with somebody else. So it's not so much that he was just like, screw it, I'm done. It's more of he just missed time. And because you missed time and other people have to fill that role, relationships change, uh, you know, your status changes. And if you're not able to connect with the guys that you have to play with, then yeah, you can start to back away a little bit. And it looks like you're distancing, distancing yourself from that team, but really it's just a matter of you just don't connect anymore. And, and it's just a sad thing to see, but because of injury, that's what happens. Well, and, and Tarasenko was the guy in St. Louis for the longest time. I mean, he mm-hmm. was the main Jersey mover. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was, you know, again, as mentioned, he was on the NHL 17 cover. Um, you know, Mason is uh uh, flexing his ninety, not Tarasenko ninety one jersey. I have one. I almost wore it tonight. It's just a little bit too hot in my apartment to for for hockey jerseys at the moment. But uh, this was we, we and we talked about this back when we were Blue Notes, and that is, uh, you know, this was Tarasenko's team. But it really felt as time went on, it became Ryan O'Reilly's team. And when you're in the spotlight for so long to go out of the spotlight or to maybe take a back seat to someone, some some players and and, and it's not because they're bad people, but some players don't take it well. Um, and, and do you think, Mason, that maybe that was the issue that, you know, it felt like this team was getting away from him? Mm. 
I, I, I kind of like the point where that Wags make where, yeah, you form a bond with people, you know, as you're playing yeah. these games, as you're going through the ups and downs of a season. Sure, a Stanley Cup, a championship success, that all brings camaraderie, and that's something you never forget. Teams change, people change, you know. It's not, I, I, I wouldn't go so far as say that Tarasenko's been totally disconnected from the team, but it's not like he's on the bench for these games. He's not like, he's not like yeah. talking to the players. He's not seeing what's going on. He's watching from the press box or at home. So while that's totally out of his control, you know, Wags is right. You totally miss out on that team building. You miss out on a lot of that chemistry that you'll find. So I wouldn't say that either party drifted away from one another specifically. I think it was just a gap was formed that yeah. there's no, where there's nothing you can do about it. Well, and of course, one of his, um, you know, teammates, friends, line mates over the years, Jaden Schwartz, he's going to be an unrestricted free agent this year. So I'm going to go back to you, Mason. Do you think what's going down with Tarasenko now affects Jaden Schwartz's potential return to St. Louis? I'm going to name two other players in the past, Yori Letera and Ryan Reeves, that what they both have in common is they were Tarasenko's best friends on the team and then were immediately traded away. You know, so I would not be surprised if he sees Schwartz going, yeah, I'm not sticking around because let's be honest, Schwartz is not sticking around. If he was, we would have seen a contract by now. We're seeing the exact same thing that we did with Petrangelo. Wags is kind of like, oh, no, no. but mark my words, mark my words. He is not going to be a St. Louis Blue next year. We saw him play his last game already. So I think Tarasenko looks at Schwartz, looks at him saying, hey, I, I I don't know what to tell you, Sanko. I just I just don't this this organization hasn't treated me wonderfully the last year. I think I'm gonna go, you know, play my cards elsewhere. Maybe Tarasenko hears that, sees that, and goes, Yeah, we saw this with Petro last year. I, I don't want to stick around and wait for it to happen to me. I think I'm just gonna take the initiative now. Wags, what say you? I mean, you have to remember that it's a business, and mm-hmm. it's not like the Blues have gone out of their way to bash Vladimir Tarasenko. And and honestly, I don't think Tarasenko's gone out of his way to bash the Blues. Yes, he's, he's oh. questioned the medical staff, and yes, he, there was the article about him being upset about the captaincy, but he's not going out in the media saying, man, this team screwed me over or, any, or anything like that. It's just, it's a business, and I think Jaden Schwartz has to look at that as well, and I, you know, you could sit there and say that Jaden Schwartz and Tarasenko are friends, and, and yeah, but I don't, I don't see that that closeness and that bond that that Tarasenko and Reeves had, or even Tarasenko and Latera to an extent. And you also have to look at this: who's going to sign Jaden Schwartz? Okay, he's oft injured. He's not a prolific goal scorer anymore. He's a glue guy. And now the Blues, with Tarasenko being gone, are going to have a little bit of more money in the bank per se. I don't think Schwartz gets a raise in a sense, but. Tell me who's going to go out there and is itching to sign Jaden Schwartz to a long-term contract right now. That, Seattle Kraken. No. They're going to try to hit the cap floor. We'll get to the expansion draft, but just look at the guys that are probably going to be available. I had, I had issues keeping them from the salary cap peak when I was trying to get my, my expansion team done for, for next week's show. So it, it they're not going to have an issue getting to the cap floor. I don't think anybody's going to really go out there and blow Schwartz off, you know, off his rails. He, he's probably going to come back to St. Louis because he'll actually be a focal point. He is the Alex Steen of this team. And we saw how mm-hmm. much Alex Steen meant to this team. And there's a couple other guys here in St. Louis that he could really affect mm-hmm. and really 
you know, push them a little bit further along, like a Robert Thomas, like a Jordan Kyrie. So I think the Blues will probably end up putting the full court press on them. You got to remember that this team was really close to the cap at the end of last season and not knowing what they were going to have after the expansion draft, probably limited them saying, hey, look, Jaden, we'd love to offer you a contract at, at this amount, but right now we're not sure who they're going to take, so we don't know what money we have available. After mm-hmm. that expansion draft, you might see a full court press put on to Jaden Schwartz to keep him here in St. Louis. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think I – mean, go ahead, Tom. I was like, go, go ahead, Mason. Well, I was just going to say that I think that Jaden Schwartz, well, well, he might I, – I don't think – I don't think he's mad at this team. I don't think that either, well, either party is mad at the team. Like we were talking about, you know, it's not like somebody bursts into the GM's room and was like, I want to trade right now. I don't think that's going on with Schwartz. Uh, but I mean, I, I think a team like Los Angeles or a team like Ottawa or a team like Seattle Kraken would want a player like that. I think we'd see the same thing that we saw out of James Neal last year, you know, where a, a team like Seattle will want a player that they know. Might not produce, but will certainly be a leader in the room, you know, and very few teams expose a player like that. I think that their next, you know, best option is going after him in free agency. So, well, L.A. has a lot of cap space this offseason. They mm-hmm. have they didn't have they spent like to the floor this past season. Now they've got all these young kids that are coming up and they're primed to make a run. They went out and got Arvidsson for a discount. I thought that was a really good. Deal oh, man. Arvidsson also has a good. All, Arvidsson also has a good contract as well for a guy of his talent, so that was a pretty shrewd move. Uh, Vegas Absolutely Blues fan pleasing. points out that the Kings are reportedly interested in Schwartz. I can mm-hmm. see him landing that. there. I wonder if uh, Vlad might end up in L.A. We'll talk about potential trade destinations in just a little bit, but I would be worried about L.A. on that. I think I think L.A., they're, sure. they're, they're gearing up for a push here. Um, but back to Tarasenko and the Blues, one thing Derek points out, I feel kind of bad for European players. The reality is that most players in NHL are Canadian slash American, and culturally, it's mm-hmm. easier to have a Canadian-American captain. It brings up a good point. How many teams can you think of that have a European captain right now? Currently, I'm, not very many, but you know, you go back. You had Zdeno Charles in Boston. You had, uh, you have Landis Gog in Colorado. You've got, uh, I mean, back in the day, you had you know Nick Lidstrom in, in Detroit. So it is very few. I mean, Victor Head, is, is Victor Hedman captain in? No, he's not. Oh, Stamkos Stamp is. is. But Hedman's another one of those guys that's up there in the in the, in the leadership group. Ovechkin, sure. yeah. So I mean, there there are some, but it's not as frequent as you expect. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean. And once again, it's because of, of culture, it's because of language, it's because of just you know the fact that they prominently are mixed into the league. I mean, it's Canadian-American for the most part, so it, it makes sense that way. But I would expect that you might actually see a little bit more of a push towards you know European or, or you know Russian captains here in the, in the near future as we start to see more players populate the league. You had the Sedins in Vancouver too. Let's well, that, that's yeah. true. Yeah, that that's was a pretty true. big one. That, that's your Henrik and uh, Henrik and Daniel. Uh, mm-hmm. Marianne Holmes asked, "Do you guys think that Tarasenko could go back to Russia?" No, no Not, he hates Russia. So. <laughs> he, he never, he never came across to me as a guy that was particularly enamored with playing in the KHL. When they drafted him, he was very adamant that he wanted to come over to the United States and play in the NHL. That was his dream, and. You know, Tarasenko is the guy that when he speaks, you know, he he's not usually bullshitting you. You know, right. we, we've come to know that from him. So, no, I don't think he goes back to Russia. I mean, he, at, le- at least you'll probably retire as as an NHL player. I just don't see him doing a victory lap in Russia. He just 
I've I've never gotten not gotten the sense that he's enamored with with Russia. Um, and then finally, here, you know, something that you know I teased earlier. You know, this will be the second straight off season that the Blues have lost a franchise level player under bad terms. Uh, Petrangelo left last year after all that came out about him and and the uh, contract negotiations. This time it's you know Tarasenko's grievances. He probably has a bigger grievance than than Petrangelo does to leave because his, the team sent him to two shoulder surgeries that didn't do the job, that didn't work. So I would be pissed off if I was him too. Um, do you think this puts the organization in a bad light, Mason? We'll go to you. I I just can't help but look at this team, and especially after talking to AZ Sports Guy uh, when we when we hung out. Uh, just like uh, talking to him, I just can't help but look at this team and go, and we are slowly turning into the Arizona Coyotes really freaking quick from a managerial standpoint. Really quick. This is where the snowball starts rolling. First, you use your, you lose your captain. Uh, next, you lose one of your franchise centers, one of your – well, we, we did say that he he's not in the Hall of Fame, but he's in the Hall of really good players. I don't know if you'd call Tarasenko necessarily a franchise player, but, I mean, he's a 40-goal scorer, you know, so you're losing that on bad terms. You're, If I'm correct, you know, we're losing Schwartz on bad terms. You know, just slowly and slowly, this team – the players are going to start getting sick of the organization for not taking things seriously. And that could very well cost Doug Armstrong his job. That it almost cost his job last year when we were talking. Uh, it, 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 we could very quickly turn into if our management sucks into the Arizona coyotes or if our players and management sucks, the Buffalo Sabres. And I don't know about you guys. I don't really want to turn into either of those teams. So I think if the blues really want to, put themselves back on the right track. I think they not only do they need to revamp the players by necessity this off season, I think they should take a couple steps in ownership. And I think they need to, well, not necessarily ownership, not Tom Stillman, but I'm saying like people in the front office, maybe we need to start shifting guys around, you know, don't t- just don't get anybody from Toronto and we're fine. Exactly. That that's simple. If, if Kyle Dubas suddenly becomes available, then just let him go. Let him go back. Yeah. To yeah. The don't touch them. It'll be fine. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, and I've talked to Buffalo Sabres fans recently. They're not a happy group to be around. So just no, no. try to avoid Very miserable. Them. Try to avoid them if you can. The only thing keeping them sane is the Bills right now. That's the only thing keeping them like semi on earth right now. Because so. they're, they're good for the first time in like, you know, Ever. since like early, like very early 90s. That's they about got, it. They got the Blue Jays yeah. in town too, though. So, I mean, for now. Yeah. For now. For now. I, I know they want to. They want to go back to Toronto. It's just a question of whether Canada will will let them go back. But um, you know, Mason hit on a point here, Wags, and it's something that we kind of talked about as well: whether or not Tarasenko really ever truly deserved to be a franchise player. You know, we 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 talked you know, you know a few times in the past about whether uh, you know Tarasenko really meant you know had that much of an impact for the Blues on ice because we saw how they were doing without Tarasenko. It felt like the team you know was doing just fine without him. So. You know, kind of going back to the uh, original question here, though, um, do you feel that this puts the organization in a bad light? You know, knowing that, you know, whether he's a franchise player or not, you know, knowing that, you know, this is two straight years that franchise level players have left with grievances. All right, let's break this down, okay? Uh, How long ago did the Blues win the Stanley Cup? Two Two, two, years. Two two years ago, okay? Right there. 
Uh, there's always turnover after a championship. We know that. Uh, what was the grievance for Alex Petrangelo leaving? Was it the fact that Doug Armstrong didn't want to give him a no movement clause, which would have hamstrung the organization for years to come if he fell apart, which is entirely possible being a middle-aged defenseman? Okay. I, I'm, not, I'm not seeing an issue here as far as like an actual grievance is concerned. Uh, okay, let's move to Vladimir Tarasenko. His grievance is with the, the medical staff. Um, who is the connected uh, medical group with the, the St. Louis Blues. I, I believe it's a, a group called the Washington University, which is one of the, the, the country's premier medical institutions in, in the country, if not the world. So we're basically sitting there saying that we are getting looked at poorly because our management decided to not hamstring a, an organization for 10 years, like some teams do, and, and Chicago. And we're looking at a, a world-class medical organization that, uh, you know, screwed up a shoulder surgery that it took three times for, the, for them to, to figure out what the issue was. I, I'm sure that there are countless stories of people that have had shoulder surgeries multiple times because they couldn't find the initial or, or the, the, the final issue because scar tissue covers things up or you played through an injury and, and one injury got fixed, but it was hidden behind another injury. So it, it's, you know, we look at these grievances and you have to step back and go, it's that's not that's not what it really is, okay? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, yes, three surgeries looks bad. It really, really yeah. does. But how many people do you know, or how many people are out there that have had multiple surgeries, and they've had them at top tier places as well? John Hopkins. I mean, there's there's so many places that this stuff goes on. It's just because we're in a professional environment and somebody's worrying about money that all of a sudden it becomes a grievance. So yeah, I don't think it really makes the, the blues, you know. It, put into a bad light. And I don't think they mistreated either of these players. Alex Petrangelo won a Stanley cup here. He was the captain for, for 10 years. It seemed like, and he got a chance to make money. He took a team discount to stay here. He got his cup and he got his money. Cannot blame him for that. He got what he wanted out of Vegas. The blues weren't able, weren't willing to offer that. And I understand it. Vladimir Tarasenko has dealt with injuries. You can't help that either. And now the Blues are trying to facilitate the ability to get him to a place where he may be able to rejuvenate his career. That's just what it is. So, uh, yes, I think Doug Armstrong probably is getting close to wearing out his welcome here because there are some things that he's done that you're like, mm. but he's brought in Ryan O'Reilly. He, he brought in Mike Hoffman when he didn't necessarily have to. Yes, he the Tory Krug thing, the Justin Falk thing, you know, it's still maybe up in the air as far as if those were successes or not. But the dude makes moves. He tries to improve the team as much as he possibly can. I still think in the next couple of years, you will start to see the transition from Doug Armstrong to Al McKinnis as the general manager of this team. I think McKinnis is going to be the guy that eventually does take over. Uh, but for right now, Tom Stillman wants to spend at the cap. The Blues <laughs> are still active in free agency in the trade market. And they've got a, a lot of young guys that are guys we can be excited about. So I think this is still maybe not a premier destination for players, but it is a destination where if you want to win and you want to be appreciated by the fans, you're coming to St. Louis. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, I'm thinking about Tom's question and how he worded it. He said, does this paint the organization in a bad light? And I kind of take that as do people look at this organization and say, Ooh, and the reason why I answer yes, and I agree with every single point that you made, Wags. I agree with every single one of them. The organization did not intentionally do wrong. They tried their damned hardest, and they treated these players very well. You are right. But the question is, does it paint the organization in a bad light? 
does it paint them in a bad light to see three of your best players leave in back to back to back off seasons? Aging does it players. paint you in the bad? Doesn't Aging matter. Players. It's three players. Okay, if you saw Aging Washington, players. no matter the circumstances, if you saw Alex Ovechkin, Tom Wilson, and Evgeny Kuznetsov leave, would you go, "Oh, something seriously fucked up happened there"? Regardless of circumstances, I think you'd say, "Yeah, that kind of paints your organization in a bad light to an outsider," At, because we're very—I like to think—we're very well versed <laughs> in what goes on in Blues hockey. I mean, we know that there are logical reasons behind what happens, but. You can't help but look from an outside perspective and say, oh, that doesn't look very good. So I think now I think a better wording of the question might have been like, say, is this is there something wrong with the organization rather than does it paint it in a bad light? So that's why I kind of answered the way I did. Um, but I mean. You, you see Jaden Schwartz leave. You see Jay Bomeister's gone. You see Alex Steen's gone. You see uh, Alex Petrangelo's gone. You see Vladimir Tarasenko has his grievances. You see all this stuff, and you can't help but... And then you see the season that we just had, which was just awful to watch. It was hard to watch. You can't help but see, okay, there's something going on here if you're an outsider, so... Right. And, you know, as, as Derek points out, you know, I don't think we know enough mm-hmm. of that judgment on the docs or on the organization, which is that's how the blues operate. They they're they're not a they're not a, you know, drama in the media type of an organization. I mean, they really you know, there's a lot about what goes on behind the scenes between the blues and Tarasenko and Armstrong and Petrangelo that we probably don't know about. So mm-hmm. all we can do is 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 discuss with the information that we do have. Um so and, and and I agree with Derek. It, it looks bad, but it's not malignant. I think mm-hmm. I think that's a, I think that's a good right. way of putting it, because yeah. once you look deeper into the scenarios, like the Petrangelo thing, I mean, yeah, he wanted no movement clause. Doug Armstrong stuck to his guns and said, "No, I'm not going to do that." And some people might respect Armstrong for that. Some people might see what Petrangelo was going for and says, "Well, yeah, he probably deserves it." But it's not it, – it, that's more of just a, you know, agree to disagree kind of a situation. Um, you know, the Tarasenko thing with the, sh- with the shoulder surgeries, I mean, as, as Wags pointed out, this is Wash U that we're talking about here. You know, it's like telling Henry Ford that his cars suck. You know, I mean, that's just you, – that it, it's it not only is it wrong, it's just a dumb thing to do. You Same thing with Wash U. I mean, you know, it's, it's, I, it's, it was an unfortunate situation that he had to go under the knife so many times. Um, could that have been prevented? I don't know. Probably not. I mean, it's just, you know, it, it is what it is. What happened, happened. Um, and then as far as the thing with like Tarasenko and the captaincy, I mean, that just sounds it to me, honestly, it kind of sounds like sour grapes from, from Tarasenko, you know, he didn't get his way and now he's taking his ball and going somewhere else. That's kind of how it sounds like to me. So, you know, on the surface, you can look at it and say, yeah, this potentially looks bad. But once you actually really look at the issues, mm-hmm. uh, it's it's maybe it's not that bad. It's just it's just a case. Yeah. And, and maybe they got rid of some potentially bad apples. You know, th- it mm-hmm. just depends on how you look at the thing. I don't think that they're necessarily bad apples, but, you know, it, it is what it is. Um, by the way, as far as to the injury goes, uh, Tosa Tavern had uh one on one ESPN's Alex Ferrario on the other night, which by the way, I recommend you uh, check out. If you're listening to us on Anchor, it's on the same feed that you're listening to us right now, just a couple episodes back. Same thing with YouTube. And then, of course, follow Toasted Tavern on Facebook uh, and you can watch the episode from there as well. But he had something to say about the uh, Tarasenko injury. And let's go ahead and play a clip. <laughs> 
And you talked about the medical staff issue. And it's, that seems to be kind of like the the push as to why the request for the trade was made. There are, are the other things, the captaincy and the emergence of other players. But do you see that the injury, the shoulder surgeries, the his feeling of the lack of you know care he essentially got? Is that the main gripe or is that kind of a smokescreen for really like the real issues? Like maybe with Craig Berube, maybe with the team itself. I mean, is it the injuries that are forcing it or is it something else? I think it's a correlation of everything. Um, you know, I always tell people with something like this, there's always two sides to the story. So, you know, we've heard the one side and look, I trust JR more than anybody when it comes to reporting for this team. So I'm not saying his information is false, but there's always two sides of the story. Maybe the blues felt that they wanted to go one way and it didn't work out twice. And Vladdy voiced his frustration and look at the end of the day, you're employed by your employer and what they say is kind mm-hmm. of the role. I mean, Look at what just went on in Buffalo with Jack Eichel. I mean, he was outspoken about not getting the treatment that he wanted, and now we've gotten to this point. So to answer your question, yeah, I think that's a a major portion of all of this. But, again, I think you just kind of have to read the tea leaves here. You know, like the the Blues have gone through a lot of coaches before Craig Berube, and every time we hear Doug Armstrong talk about the team being independent contractors, um, you have the multiple shoulder surgeries from Vladimir Tarasenko. Uh, You then have the captaincy that was reported that he was disappointed that he wasn't named. And I don't think that was the end all be all by this, but I think he was disappointed. And then when his injury did what it did, and then he comes back and then Kairu's playing well, and then the Olymp or the world championship turns in where he goes over to Russia. I just think it was kind of a culmination of everything. And when he changed agents, I think that was kind of the writing on the wall when he left Mm -hmm. Mike Liut and went to the agent with Artemi Panarin. I think that was the writing on the wall to where Vladdy felt like, you know what, I might be better off going somewhere else. And, you know, as much of a Blues fan as I am and on the reporter side of it as well, like, I get it. You know, like if if somebody's not happy where you're at, you're going to look elsewhere. And he just must not have been happy where he was. But I don't know if it was all on the the surgery mishap. I think there's a lot more that goes into this than just that. By the way, uh, he brought up an interesting point, you know, about the World Championships and how shrewd of a move was that by Vlad to go to the World Championships and look good for potential potential new employers? You think? You, you think I actually think that's what he did. I think that you know, that's I true. heard him do that. I heard of him doing that after saying, "Oh, I was so injured for the playoffs. I was so injured for the last." And then he immediately goes to the World, like the World Junior. I'm like. I mean, I can, I brilliant on his part. And by the way, like Tom was mentioning, you know, he's taking the ball and he's, you know, like, like a school kid. And he's like, fine, you don't want me here. I'll just go somewhere else, which is totally in his right to do. Like, this isn't a diss to Tarasenko. He has earned the right to play wherever the hell he wants to play. It's a business. It's a business. Hockey is a business. You know, people forget that, but it is. Just the way it is. And speaking of, of business, we have some potential trade destinations to uh, talk about here. The fun part of the episode is Wags is you know, already priming up to. to <laughs> oh, he is like us. excited. Holy crap. <laughs> and, we're all, and, and also, speaking of Alex Ferrario, we're going to lead off with him in period number two. So, a lot's been made on Blue's Twitter about where 
Vladimir Tarasenko could potentially end up. And everyone's got an idea. Uh, everyone's got at least five different trade proposals. We've had fun making trade proposals ourselves. No Arizona sports guy. You, we will not take Oliver Ekman Larson. <laughs> you, you can shove that up your pie hole. We're not going to do that. We are not going to do that. We already but, had Joel Edmondson. We don't need a. We don't need an OEL. So we're good. <laughs> not one that with that term and that and that amount of money. Mm. No. Yeah. 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 Exactly. That's exactly what I say. But for we, we asked Ferrario on Tosa Tavern the other night what he thought about some of the potential places that Tarasenko could land, and here's what he had to say. What are some of these destinations that he could go to that would make him happy and potentially bring some some product back to the Blues? This is always my favorite time of the year, guys, because they get so many trade. I had somebody tweet me earlier today and said, oh, why not call the Islanders and see if they'll give you Matt Barzell for Vladimir Tarasenko? <laughs> yeah. Brilliant! Thinking, Brilliant! I'm thinking, why not call Colorado and say, hey, you guys, you guys want Tarasenko and give us McKinnon? I mean, why not, right? <laughs> this is always the area of, of crazy trade scenarios, but um, look, I've, I've, I've heard the rumors and I know Rutherford reported on this and he was on 101 ESPN earlier today and said that, you know, the Islanders, the Rangers, the Penguins, the Golden Knights, those names have been brought up. Frankly, I don't see how any of the New York teams make sense. The only, we had Brian Lawton on of NHL network, a guy who's a former agent, a former general manager uh, a couple of weeks ago. And he said, the only way you can make a move with the New York Rangers is if you trade away a guy who's got a big contract. And the only one that matches what the Blues could take on and that still find a way to work for the New York Rangers would be Chris Kreider. Now, Blues fans would be like, well, hell yeah, I get Chris yeah. Kreider. But if I'm the New York Rangers, why the hell am I going to trade Chris Kreider, who's in my top six, who has been a consistent 30-goal scorer, for a guy who's played 34 games the last two seasons? I'm not going to pull that deal off. And mm -hmm. I can't make it work without that. I'm not trading any of my prospects. So to me, the Rangers are off the table. Uh, the Islanders, first of all, the Islanders are going to be capped restrained. Like they're going to have to make some decisions and they are going to probably want to bring back Kyle Palmieri after what he did in the playoffs. Oh yeah. And then on top of it, guys, like Lou Lamarillo, he is like the strictest general manager in the national hockey league. He made Palmieri shave his face when he came over <laughs> to the Islanders. You really think they're going to take on a guy who just was outspoken about not being happy that he wasn't the captain of the no. blues. They're no. not going to make that trade. <laughs> Now, the Penguins are a really intriguing team uh, mm -hmm. because I know that they're looking at moving on from Jason Zucker. That's been in the rumor mm -hmm. mill for a couple of years. And I think Jason Zucker would be an interesting name that matches well with the Blues. But again, does Sidney Crosby want to deal with a Vladimir Tarasenko in, on his team? I just don't know about that. Um, the Golden Knights, I don't even know why teams are, or people are bringing that team up. They don't, know, they don't know what the hell they're doing right now. Like, I've heard they're going to go for Jack Eichel. There's no way Vegas Golden Knights are going to acquire Vladimir Tarasenko. And on top of it, they have Alex Petrangelo, who was just a part of a team with Vladimir Tarasenko. So is he telling them, nah, we don't need to deal with that right now? Um, so I, I just, the teams that are being rumored right now, I just don't see how they match up well. Now, if I'm Vladdy, yeah, those are the teams I want to go to because I want to compete for a playoff or I want to go to a big market or I want to go play with my friends. Um, there are a couple of guys or places that make a little sense to me that I'd be interested mm -hmm. in. Um, Joe Haggerty of the Boston Bruins made a good observation earlier today saying, what if they took a shot at Vladdy and put a package together of Jake DeBrusque, Trent Frederick, and a first-round draft pick? And I'm thinking, look, if Boston's going to take all of that money, maybe they, they ask for Vince Dunn as well. I'm going to pull that deal off because I think that's a pretty solid deal. Um, I'd look at the Arizona Coyotes, Bill Armstrong, who was a part of the team when they drafted him. Do they want Vladimir Tarasenko? I don't know. Probably not, but 
Sounds like they got a disgruntled player right now in Connor Garland that doesn't want to be there. Do you call the Columbus Blue Jackets and say, hey, Yarmo, you drafted Vladdy. You want him? They they got Patrick Line right now. Do they want to deal with another Vladdy? Could the Blues get Line? There's a lot of teams out there that you could make the connections with, but I think what it comes down to is where does Vladdy want to go? And if I'm Vladdy, I want to go somewhere where I can win a cup. I want to go somewhere that I play with elite talent to where I'm going to be a free agent when I'm 31 years old. I get paid big bucks at that time, and I want to go somewhere that I have the opportunity to be the number one guy. And frankly, the Rangers, the Islanders, the Golden Knights, those teams just don't make a lot of sense to me. So do you think it's in the Blues' best interest to find a way to get him to the Eastern Conference versus the Western Conference? Because you said Arizona. We, we've got some friends in Arizona that are like, trade him uh, Oliver ekman Larson straight up for Tarasenko. But I, I don't want to see a pissed-off Tarasenko eight times a season because Arizona's going to be in our division next year again. So like, are they going to try and push for an Eastern Conference team to, to maybe not see him a whole lot next year? Uh, Boy, I... I don't want to see an Oliver Ekman or Larson on this team, so I'd say <laughs> nope. hell no to that deal. No, that's what I said. Garland, I, I like said. Garland. <laughs> yeah, I, you guys understand Ekman Larson's make eight and a half million dollars for the next like seven I told, years. I, I was telling Wags, he's a Joel Edmondson with five million extra on his cap. It's, <laughs> it's not unbelievable. Worth it. <laughs> um, you know, you look at the track record of Doug Armstrong's trades in the past. I mean, look, he traded Joel Edmondson to uh, Carolina. Yes. That was an East Coast team. Robbie Fabry went to Detroit. That was an East Coast team. Uh, it's been pretty rare that he makes moves in the Western Conference. I'm really trying to connect the dots of when he's traded somebody within the conference, and it's been a rarity other than a couple of guys that go over because they were sellers. So, um, yeah, I think you start with the Eastern Conference, but frankly, if you're Doug, I think you call all 31 other teams and say, hey, Vladdy's available. Who wants to offer me? I mean, look, if the Chicago Blackhawks call me tomorrow and say, we'll give you, you know, Nikita Zadarov in a first-round pick for Vladdy, and we'll eat his salary. Take him. Have him, yep. please. Army doesn't strike me as a guy who says, oh, I don't want to see Vladdy eight times in a season. Army's probably a guy that says, yeah, go play somewhere else. We'll, we'll shut you down. We'll find a way to do it. Um, but if you're him, I think you start with the Eastern Conference and see if somebody bites on that. Like I mentioned, Pittsburgh's an interesting team. Mm -hmm. Boston has been in the rumor mill. You look there. And then you go to the Western Conference. But again, I'm going with the best offer. Whoever's going to eat a, most, a majority of that salary and give me something that keeps my cup window open, I'm pulling the trigger right now. And yeah, I'm I'm totally with Alex on that. By the way, I believe that part of the value of getting of trading Tarasenko is getting salary cap relief because. Mm -hmm. You know, not a lot of teams have a lot of cap space to uh, deal with this offseason. You know, you get rid of $7.5 million salary, maybe Landis Scott becomes possible. You know, maybe maybe you shoot for the fences. Maybe you maybe you bring back Mike Hoffman and you get, you know, uh, uh, someone else that, that's really good. That's, you know, I mean, on top of Jaden Schwartz even. Um, I think that's the part of the value for me. So I'm always going to be looking at trade deals as like, okay, can we get some assets back, but also can we get some savings back? That's kind of what I'm looking at. By the way, Mason, you've been talking to um, you know some of your followers, and they've had they've had their own trade ideas here. So before we get into break down the teams that might be interested in the likelihood that Tarasenko goes there, what are some of the trade offers you've been hearing? I've gotten a lot of really really interesting one like keep in mind okay i'm not making any of this up i straight up tweeted out like give me your tarasenko trade proposals and so these are from the fans of other teams and this is what they are willing to give us for this broken down porsche on the side of the road as tom put it wonderfully <laughs> so 
Here's what we got. So first one is Tarasenko, one million retained, and a third and a fourth round pick for Matthew Kachuk. I'm hopping on that. Yes. I don't know about you guys. That's that's a win. That's a dub. Taking that. Thumbs up. Here's another one from AZ Sports Guy, actually. Vladdy for Clayton Keller, one for one. I'm taking that in a heartbeat. I thought about that the other mm. day because I was doing like a cap friendly, you know, scroll through just to see like what could the Blues do. And I'm taking that. And I looked at Arizona and I looked at Keller and I and I thought and I thought and I thought and I was like, you know what? No. It, it no. Just, too much term. Too much term. I mean, he did. He did kind of show signs of blossoming this year in Arizona. I thought he took a step up in his play. I just, uh, I, I can't, I, I couldn't pull the trigger. Could you, Wags? No, I mean, it, bringing him back home maybe gives him a spark. He gets a little bit better, but uh, yeah, I'm in the same way. When you're when you're talking about term, yeah, I, I, term is too much. Now, if, if for some reason they could somehow restructure, I'd go for that. But yeah, the term is too long for somebody. The, the term for somebody that hasn't really produced outside of his his, his rookie year. I don't know if I would take that unless more, unless like a bunch of salary were, were retained in, in Arizona's case. Here's a, here's AZ chiming in with the Suns and four. So <laughs> here we go. Here we go. Here we go. At least they're finding some kind of success. AZ sports guy. If, if you heard that the Arizona coyotes were trading Clayton Keller for Vladimir Tarasenko, you as an Arizona fan, what would you say to that comment? I want, I, I want to hear you. I want to hear, I want to hear your thoughts on that. So next one is from Owen Cripps, who is basically me, but for the penguins, uh, he says, Pittsburgh doesn't want him. And me and wags kind of went over why, but basically if you're not put, it came down to, if you're not putting him on Crosby's line, there's no point in having him. That's basically what it comes down to. Um, he says Jason Zucker in a fifth, but two million of uh, Tarasenko salaries retained by St. Louis. I'm saying no, no, no freaking way. That's an insult. Yeah. I'm mm. slapping you in the face for even suggesting that. No. I don't give Kachuk. It gave me a good one. It doesn't involve Kachuk though. It is Monahan in a second. I'm saying yes. I think that's an interesting. I didn't know that. Calgary might want to part ways with Monahan to be perfectly like honest. He wants to part ways with everyone this offseason. Like, you know, everyone wants might to be on the clock. I, I, what about Ovechkin still has not signed a contract? He's technically UFA right now. So, that he is. By, by the way, uh, uh, Tarasenko for Goudreau, who says no? Not me. I don't I'm saying think I would either. I would not take Blues Johnny Goudreau. It, 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 I'd take Johnny. Blues GM, Calgary GM, who says no? Uh, Calgary, Calgary, well. probably. Yeah, they did probably fair. Although Calgary, they haven't been treating him all well. that well the I, last couple of years, so I, I I would accept that if it, if it was a Goudreau deal, it wouldn't be one for one. No, be here's one from Richard Blosser. Yeah, he says Kuznetsov, Dowd, this year's second and next year's second. Holy crap, overpayment of the century, I reckon. I'm taking that one. Dowd is a little weird, but I know that he wants to dump Dowd for the cap room. But Dowd's weird because Netsoff's the weirdo. Yeah. Well, I mean, I would do Kuznetsov. No, he's he's too flaky. I do him. him. Oh, come on. You tell me you wouldn't want a Kuznetsov on your team. You wouldn't want the flying eagle on your team. You kidding me? 
Come on. Not when, Everyone not, wants not, that. Not, not when he's, you know, being suspended or not be able to play or, you know, doing lines with Yuri Laterra. I mean, no. <laughs> no. And, 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 and at that money, because Nets off 7.8 mil for the next four. So yeah. And you don't have it. a you don't have Ovechkin feeding him the or you know taking pressure off of him and, and giving him the option. Yes, you'd have a guy like maybe Ryan O'Reilly feeding him the puck, but Kuznetsov yeah. isn't a guy that gets himself open. He needs somebody to pull the defense away from his area, and that's what Ovechkin does for him. You don't have that here in St. Louis. Even if you were to bring a guy like Mike Hoffman back, he doesn't have the pull that Ovechkin has. I got one more. This one's from a Blues fan, though. Okay. Uh, this is from Dustin Michaels. He says Dougie Hamilton, one for one. Dougie's a free agent. Yeah. So are you talking about trading for his rights? Yeah, trading for his rights. Yeah. If, if you if you if you sign him, great. If you don't, you save seven and a half mil. Mm-hmm. Um I kind of sort of suggested that the other day with Landeskog. You know, if if Colorado thinks that they can't sign Landeskog for whatever reason, would you do like Landeskog for Tarasenko? Um, I would. And, I would and, and for Dougie, I'd be if they were willing to take on Tarasenko's full contract, no salary retained. Yes, but the problem yeah. is the problem is Carolina. I don't think they would do that. I think they would need some salary retained. Because they've, they've, what if he worked out a three-way kind of trade so that some of Tarasenko's salary goes to somebody we give up maybe a pick to that team? I saw, uh, I saw a YouTuber the other, uh, the other day, uh, Gravita, Gravita, I think is his name Gravity. is Gravity, yep. Gravity, yeah. He, he he suggested maybe like Detroit launders like half of Tarasenko's contract, you know, and then and then Carolina maybe either picks up the other half or or you know, um, the Blues do. Um, mm-hmm. That's an interesting idea. It's an, um and I and I wonder if like this is this is, would be where like a team like Seattle would come in. You know, they yeah. can do, they can do some money laundering themselves. They got all the cap space in the world. I uh, the the thing for me though is you you talk about Dougie Hamilton. Um isn't he a defenseman, right? He's a defenseman. Mm-hmm. So so you're, you're you're trading for the rights to another defenseman that you would be trying to sign for a long-term deal at a high cost of value. I mean, are you talking also thinking of Putting Tory Krug out there, floating him as a potential. Are you are you trying to trade some of these other guys? You also have Colton Pareko that's due up for a race here in the next year or so. This is granted, granted that granted that's if you decide to keep Colton. But I mean, you you, you would be talking about bringing in the rights to try and sign another defenseman. And yes, defense you know struggled last year, but we also struggled at scoring goals. So I'm more of the camp of if if Colorado the Landeskog thing is much more in line with what I would mm-hmm. expect. I mean, yes, that's trading Tarasenko to a division rival and all of that, but I would much rather try that route than try going to get the rights to a defenseman that you're going to try to sign long-term, unless you already have something worked out to, to let a crew get traded elsewhere. Or maybe he is picked by Seattle if you expose him. I mean, there has to be a little bit more to that than just trying to bring in another high-priced defenseman. I think... The reason why I'd be on board with it, on board with getting another defenseman with, yeah, a kind of a, you know, the ability to have a pretty decent contract. I think that uh, I, I, it makes sense in my mind, but not because it would work out because of how Dog Armstrong run the team. It works out based on how I would run the team. And we'll get to kind of, you know, my expansion draft whole things and what the choices I made, but it definitely 
having a Dougie Hamilton would really help out if, you know, the perfect scenario happened where, you know, a certain player on defense was exposed or uh, Vince Dunn uh, didn't re-sign with the Blues, that kind of thing. So it would make sense if I were running the team. Now, if Doug Armstrong were running the team, maybe not, but kind of my mindset on that. The, the thing with Dougie Hamilton, there, there, there's actually a couple things here. Number one, he's a right-handed defenseman. So we're going right back into the situation that we had during Falk's first season where we have three really good right-handed defensemen um, you know, that are competing for time. And that did not help Justin Falk at all. So uh, who becomes the odd man out when it's Hamilton, Falk, and Pareko? It's it's to me, and none of them can play left. I don't believe. I don't believe Dougie can play on the left side. So that no. that's gonna be an issue. The other issue is that Dougie Hamilton's really good. Like like he is he is a he is a proven point producer. He had forty points in forty seven games, um, in uh, 2019-20. and then he uh, followed that up with forty two points in fifty five games this year. He Ooh. is. I know plus minuses and everything, but he was a plus thirty and a plus twenty the past couple of years. Uh, he's gonna get paid. He's gonna get. Uh-huh. Probably, he, I can see him getting Petro money the, yeah. this off season, and if the Blues trade for his rights and say, "Well, we got your rights, let's go and give you what we gave Justin Falk and Tory Krug." <laughs> no, he's gonna he's gonna test the market. I, I and as well he should be. He would be an absolute imbecile if he did not test the market this off season. Uh, so sure. I I so I'm I'm kind of it, it's a nice thought, and it sounded really good at first, but I just don't see not it. practical, but. Not practical. Yeah. Not practical. I mean, unlimited, the Blues do unlimited, have a lot of unlimited funds. Play with. Unlimited, unlimited funds. That's true. That's true. That's exactly. all we're about. Nothing about this show is serious. Salary We've never, cap never, turned never. off. No. Salary cap turned off. We have turned <laughs> cap off in NHL 21 simulation <laughs> mode. We we are just having a heyday. We're getting Perfect. Ovechkin, McDavid, and Crosby on our first line. So let's go ahead and, and then Sanford on the second because we have to keep the blues tradition of putting Sanford <laughs> in places he doesn't belong. So, uh, the less said about Sanford, this, this was supposed to be a positive episode, and you're <laughs> Sanford into it. Good God, man. I'm uh, having a rough day. <laughs> yeah, I can, I, I can, I can tell when you're bringing up Zach Sanford. You know, that's like you know, you're, you're that's like a swear word. You know, so yeah, that's that's a rough day. It's a cry right? for help. Yeah, it is. It is indeed a cry <laughs> for help. So. Teams that have been mentioned or speculated or might become legit logical Tarasenko trade destinations, there are there's a few of them I think that could make a legit play for them. The uh, one that I'm hearing the most, just from you know everything I'm reading on the internet and on Twitter, the Islanders. The Islanders were mentioned before. They need a spark on offense. They were uh, a step away from the Stanley Cup final. They, I mean, like literally a step away, just this close, this. Mm. Close. And mm. one, knock, forgive you. And one knock that the Islanders have is that they play boring ass hockey, you know, and they don't, <laughs> and they don't, and they, they just, they, they just are. I'm sorry, Bar- Matthew Barzal excluded. That's a boring team. <laughs> imagine a spark that I mean, I mean, boring wins championships. But imagine the spark that Vladimir <laughs> Tarasenko can provide. He plays enough defense, I think, for Barry Trotz to where he wouldn't. Uh, uh, he, I think, he'd fit in. Um, but the problem is they have absolutely no cap room whatsoever. They have a projected five point seven million dollars in cap space this offseason. They want to re-sign Kyle Palmieri, and uh, they got Anthony Bovillier to re-sign. And I just don't see this happening unless they throw in a big salary. And to me, I mean, maybe Nick Letty, 
but that's you know that I mean otherwise another defenseman. Yeah, I but, wouldn't do it. Yeah, I, I, I don't I don't see a potential match with the Islanders, even though they apparently, as Derek points out, were among the teams that requested Vladdy's medical records. I'd I'd bite on I'd bite on Mayfield, but that's about it. Mayfield, but that's he only makes one point four mil. So I mean, that's, I know. Yeah, yeah, I mean that's I mean there's an there. I mean unless the Blues ate a lot of salary, then maybe. But I don't know. I I just don't I don't see the Islanders happening without a lot of hoops going through, or maybe like a mm-hmm. team like Detroit getting in there to uh, to launder some money. So. We'll see. I don't. I just don't see it. Uh, the other New York team, the Rangers, have been speculated about Vladimir Tarasenko. I think a lot of people are dreaming of him and Panarin playing together on the same line. Um, the Rangers have some money this offseason, but they they still need to resign uh, Buknevich, and they also need to resign uh, Shesterkin, who appears to be uh, their goalie of the future. So appears to be God, apparently. God. Yeah, yeah. It's a, if, if you talk to Rangers fans lately, so I mean, I don't. What do you think? Is there anyone from the Rangers that we would want or any, any possible match there? I just Panarin. Like, yeah, Panarin. <laughs> no, uh, I, I think I think Ferrario hit it on the head. The only guy that you could really see work. coming back is, Kreider. is Chris Kreider, and oh, okay. that's and not going to happen. And Kreider mm-hmm. is fine until the till Judgment Day. It's yeah. it's 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 a long time. <laughs> I don't Six think years. Kreider wants that. I don't think New York even yeah. even if you gave him even if Edmondson offered Connor McDavid, I don't think Rangers are. Trading now, writer now, for that. now here, here's the thing, though. I mean, it, let's let's just hypothetically, you're going into those three team deal kinds of things. You know, if if New York were to approach you and say, "Look, we'll give you some of our high end prospects, three, four of them, in a swing deal with Calgary for Kachuk, but you have to eat some of the salary if the money works, you know, and Calgary does some stuff as well, or maybe even get a fourth team involved, like a Detroit, like a Detroit to eat some of the money. If you could find some way to, to do that, I, that's the only really like roundabout way you could see him going to the Rangers. Mm-hmm. There's lots of cap manipulation, like, hey, we'll send a first to Detroit to take six million of Tarasenko's salary. We'll retain a million. Kachuk comes to St. Louis, and then we send some prospects and picks from the Rangers and us up to Calgary to placate them. Mm-hmm. It, it, it'd be a lot of hoops and it would be one of the most epic trades, I think in NHL history, but right. there, there's a way to get it done. It just, it, it would take a it's lot. Impractical. Oh, it's totally impractical. impractical. Yeah. Incredibly. Well, how much fun would that be? It would be hilarious. It would be great. But it would be. No. <laughs> it's not going to happen. Not going to happen. Uh, another team that I saw as a interesting possibility, maybe an outside possibility is, the Montreal Canadiens, you know, they 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 just mm. went to the Cup Finals. Um, you know, they're always looking to improve. Oh, but um, the problem with 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 Montreal that I see is that they have fourteen million dollars in cap space, and they have to resign like Dano, Kokaniemi, uh, and even mm. our old friend Jake Allen. So. I well actually no I take it back. Alan Jake Allen he did resign. I forgot about that. He did re up, so never mind. But then then Jonathan Drew in still on injured reserve. Um so he's gonna come back and take up about five and a half mil of cap space. I mean yeah. unless sure, sure he's coming back. Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah, sure. Yeah, right. Sure. Totally. Yeah, yeah totally. Yeah. I think he will. I think he will too. Uh, but, does, but does Montreal want him to? Yeah. I, I don't know. Do you guys see Montreal him? loves Drew in? Are you kidding me? Montreal loves them. Oh yeah, he's he, he's a he's a local kid, isn't he? Yeah, 
Yeah. So, um, isn't it like I, I don't think it's it's like family issues, isn't it, or like personal issues is why he left? I think. Yeah, that's why. I think I think that's the problem with him. But I don't see anyone that I I, I don't know I I don't see it happening with Montreal. Do you? Mm-mm. Nah. Toffoli, maybe, but I don't think Montreal wants to get rid of him. Nah, uh, Anderson, I'm not taking a chance. It's despite a stellar playoffs last year, I'm not taking a chance on Anderson. And, and despite so. a nice playoffs, no, we're not taking Paul Byron. So no Byron, no Byron. <laughs> no, no, nope. no, no, no Byron mm, for now. Mm, Shea Weber, let's do it. <laughs> Fuck it, um, let's go. <laughs> We just want this team to, we, just, retirement. We, just, we just want every defenseman in the history of the NHL on this team, don't we? Uh, pretty much. It seems like it. Seems like it. Um, uh, the aforementioned uh, Pittsburgh Penguins. They have not. They have even less cap space. Three point two million dollars in projected cap space. Uh, they're. I mean, they're fairly set. I mean, they're. I mean, none of the guys that are in. I'm seeing here in the UFA RFA list are like. Uh, franchise level guys. I mean, except right. Cody Ceci, of course. I mean, you can't forget about Cody oh, Ceci. Yeah. Cody Ceci. Oh yeah. Um, of course. Right. Sure. And Tristan Jerry. Yes, but I I don't see a match for here either, unless it's Jason Zucker, who I know they would love to move on from, and they would love to move on from him because he wasn't very good this last season, and he makes five and a half million dollars. Um, I'm gonna take a fourteen points. That is yeah. five hundred thousand dollars a point. <laughs> For the low, low cost of $5,000 a point. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to take a hard pass on on Pittsburgh. Mm. I just don't see it happening. And, you know, as Alex pointed out, if he's not playing with Crosby, what's the freaking point? What is the freaking point? So here is a team, though, that I'm honestly starting to warm up to, and it makes me sad because of the team that it is. And that is the Boston Mm. Bruins. Because of this number right here, $30 million projected by Kevin this offseason. Now, I will say they need a goaltender because both Rask and Halak are UFAs. I don't know if I think Rask might be done. Um, I think so, too. Halak's up there in age. I mean, who knows? I mean, he might come back. He may not. You don't know that. Um, they do need to give Brendan Carlo a contract. And then they also need to make a decision on Taylor Hall. But that rumor deal that that I've seen multiple Boston Bruins, you know, outlets talk about the brusque uh, Frederick and a first. Now, the way it was first pitched to me, I, I, I didn't actually see the article. I saw like a friend of mine said, hey, you know, if, if uh, there's a rumor that Boston's going to get, get rid of the uh, give you the brusque Frederick and a first for Tarasenko and half his salary retained. I was kind of eh, on that, but then I, but then apparently that's not the rumor. The rumor is it, it, there was nothing mentioned in that original article about salary retention. So if it is straight up Tarasenko for the Brusque, Frederick, and a first, book it. You know, Tarasenko, done. done. Enjoy Boston. <laughs> done. Hopefully they're one of your ten teams. Please be one. Uh, well, I mean, it was it was great having you, uh, Tarasenko. You know, you did. It was a great service. Uh, uh, go with the Brusque. Get over here. Get over here. I mean, I mean, I know Boston's first will be low because they're still a very competitive right. team. It's quite possible DeBrusque doesn't go back to the player that he was. He did have an off year this year, but in one year he's an RFA. I mean, you can just cut him loose. If that if that first round pick is twenty to twenty five, easy win. Sure, easy win. This this team needs to restock its its farm system pretty pretty badly. So I would I would I would take that. What about you, Wags? Oh, yeah, I would definitely take it. You're getting a couple of guys that are young, 
you know, obviously Jake DeBrusque, 24, Trent Frederick, 23, very manageable salary, 3.675 for DeBrusque. And like you said, he's an arbitration eligible re restricted free agent next year. Frederick, just over a million a year for the next two years before he hits restricted free agency. Uh, Frederick can play center and left wing, so it gives you some flexibility there. DeBrusque yep. is a left winger, and that's something that the Blues are kind of lacking a little bit in is that left wing spot. Uh, and, and these guys have experience too, playoff experience as well, and that's something that you're not going to necessarily always get with those these kinds of deals uh, done so as well. He's very excited about that deal. Vegas Blues fan, yeah. <laughs> they want to make that deal. Sure, absolutely. <laughs> now, I, you're, you're flipping done. You're flipping done to a team like Edmonton. And, I hear uh, that's where my players live in live in Boston. So there you go. Vince would love it. Vince would love it. So all right, you know that. So that that's a possibility. That yep. is a strong possibility. Another team that could be a potential possibility is the Florida Panthers. Mm. I've seen them mentioned as a possibility. Their rosters. Fairly set, although Wenberg and Declare are their two big free agents. Um, I mean, granted, Declare is an RFA, uh, but he had a really good year for them this year, and I can see him um, asking for a lot. Wenberg had a decent year for them. Um, this was a team that that I think you know, if you're Florida, if you're a Florida fan, you had a lot of hope going into the playoffs, and um, you you think maybe you're a step away. Uh, you have Coach Q on your team, uh, so would Tarasenko make them a you know a more probable to make a deeper Cup run? You see Tarasenko to Florida. Uh, if the Blues want to hide Tarasenko and never see him again, Florida's the <laughs> way to go. Yeah, it's a good place for for good hockey players to disappear. Like remember, Pavel Bury yeah. was a was, was a Florida Panther. You know, that's he, he would be basically walking the Pavel Burry path if he if he went to Florida. There we go. There uh, we go. Um, I, I I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't see Florida's not a team to make a real splashy move like that. Um, I don't know. I, I'll put them in the in maybe category, but I'm maybe to low. I mean, who, who are you wanting from Florida too in a deal? That, that, that's what it really comes down mm -hmm. to. It's not so much a matter of them having the cap space in order to keep them. I mean, is there anybody on that team that, that makes you go, yeah, I could see us maybe taking a, a lower end prospect or something to, to go send them to Florida. I don't really see anybody on that team that makes I me go, huh? I, I wouldn't mean, mind a Hornquist myself. That And he's pretty He's been the guy that's been kind of mentioned as a potential guy going back to St. Louis in a Tarasenko deal, 5.3 mil for the next two years. He was still pretty productive. Mm -hmm. uh, this past He's had a season. good couple seasons. So. Um, I, I don't, I don't. It doesn't I, excite me. No, it doesn't wow me. It doesn't, it doesn't excite no. me. No, it's, by no. any stretch. That would be, I was just, that's the only thing yeah. that I could think of that I'd want back. I honestly. mean, it'd be like, it'd be like, it, ha it had to be like Hornquist in a pick. You know, maybe mm -hmm. like a Hornquist in a second or something like that. And second, I'd be fine. Even, even then, I'm still just kind of whelmed. You know, I'm not not, not <laughs> overwhelmed. Just I'm just whelmed over over, over that. So uh, should, we should put that on a shirt. <laughs> I'm, I'm whelmed. I'm whelmed. whelmed. <laughs> I'm whelmed. Get, copyright it. Get this. Uh, you know, trademark this. Dang Come on. Yeah. Saved it for the meeting. Damn yeah. It. Google hurts you. Too late. It's already made. Oh, darn. Shoot. Yeah. Guys, probably. Gonna I'm whelmed. It. Yeah. Um, Carolina, we talked about them a little bit earlier. They on paper have a lot of cap space, $29 million. Uh, they have, uh, uh, Svechnikov to re-sign. 
They have uh, Dougie Hamilton to either resign or let him walk away. And they need a goalie because both Reimer and Morazic are uh, free agents. Uh, it's a possibility, but they've been kind of every time I've seen Carolina mentioned as a potential trade partner for Tarasenko, they're going to probably be a team that needs to have some money retained. And that I'm going, I'm, I'm whelmed by, by Carolina as well. Yep. What do you think? Yeah. Give me, give me Vincent Trocek and that's uh, about, about it for me. Yeah. There's, I mean, I've heard Nino Nider Rider mentioned as a potential return, but he doesn't thrill me. Jordan Stahl hasn't thrilled me for years, and he's got no movement anyway. Um, uh, not going anywhere. Yeah, I, I've even seen Brady Shea mentioned as a potential return, but I'm just like, that's another defenseman. Yeah. And, um, eh, eh, let's move on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and let's move on. Let's just go on from that. All right, let's. Th that's the Eastern Conference teams that I felt had a chance. I'm sorry, Ottawa Senators fans, you're probably not getting Tarasenko. Um, but here's uh, first East uh, Western Conference team I'm going to mention as a possibility here. Look, you got to keep Connor McDavid happy. And right. they just got bounced in the first round. Um, they're probably eager to you know set the record straight, maybe, and you know prove that they actually are you know, can, uh, capable of winning a playoff series or forget that even just a playoff game uh, for one. Uh, what do you guys think about the idea of Vladimir to Edmonton? Tarasenko, McDavid, Dreisaitl. Disgusting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Disgusting. Let's, let's spend three quarters of our, uh, of our salary on forwards. That, that's hey, going to win Toronto's you some doing Toronto. <laughs> Yeah. And, and look how far they've gotten. That's true. That's true. So, uh, I'm, I'm, Colorado. Well, look how far yeah. they got. Colorado's Colorado's Colorado. They'll be back. They'll be did they back. win a did they win a Stanley Cup? No. Only one team wins a Stanley Cup flags. Yeah, and, and how far did Colorado get this year? They swept us and then what happened after that? Mm. Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who spent a fuck ton of money on defense this past year, right? And it's still going to be a problem in the Western Conference. Let's just say they're, they're, Vegas is not going away. I am they're glad that Vegas is not in our freaking division anymore. I would much oh, rather have a Arizona Coyote myself. Agreed, even though we have our own issues with the uh, Coyotes, that's for yeah. sure. Um, anyone from, from Edmonton would interest you or maybe might make an, an interesting return piece? Mm. And, and no, I don't want James Neal. Uh, <laughs> Cassian, I was going to say, just to piss yeah. you off. Uh, no. You know, you know who, who maybe, maybe, just because uh, of the contract and the the fact that he's a an arbitration-eligible restricted free agent next year, Jesse Pugliarvi might be a guy that you could get more out of if you were to bring him in. I mean, like I said, he hasn't done much to wow you so much in Edmonton, but the dude's 23 years old. He's at a $1.175 million contract, and he's getting ready to go into an arbitration-restricted year. He, he's, he could, he, he's going into a contract year, essentially. Uh, what do you guys do in contract years? They usually up their game and produce career numbers. So Unless you're Justin Falk. But, yeah. But, He's good. He's a defenseman too. Uh, so I mean, it, it's not necessarily. I mean, you look at it and you go, that that could be hitting a gold mine potentially right there if if you do get that out of him. So if if it's Edmonton for them and they want to continue to spend what it'll be somewhere in the range of forty six million dollars with Tarasenko on there on their on their their forwards, 
I'd actually even almost sit there and say, you know what, package Tarasenko, give them Vince Dunn, and maybe get something else out of him. Maybe they can get a pick or two out of that too, and get rid of two two guys and, and bolster your your forwards with maybe a guy having a career year and get some mm-hmm. draft picks. And then Derek points out, yes, let's get younger and support the Thomas Kyrie yeah. Austin wave. So that would be that would be a move you would do for that. And to be fair, Pool Yarvi did have 15 goals uh, in in 55 games this Good past stuff. season. So he might be showing signs of finally materializing. After all, I mean, at least more signs than Magnus Payarvi ever did in Edmonton. Uh, there is your Magnus Payarvi. <laughs> Uh, reference for this episode. Uh, <laughs> Derek points out having an expensive top line seems like a recipe for winning your division at the very least. <laughs> Yay! Right winning, a, winning a division. But then you, but then. And Nashville. Don't forget Nashville. Nashville's uh, pretty well known for that. That is true. That is true. That is kind of their. Hang um, a banner for mentioning Nashville on the podcast. <laughs> God, yeah. <laughs> let's, let's get right to work on that one. We'll sell that in the store too. Um, Another great idea, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Just a little banner that you put like on the back of the car. Mention Nashville podcast. Sounds like a good idea. (laughs) We're giving catfish on ice some ideas here. I think (laughs) mentioned by Blue Notes, or excuse me, mentioned by Toasted St. Louis podcast. I think we should get a little bit of the cut. Like Wags, do you know anyone that's like really good at sewing or like you know making you know like you know those kind of things? I mean, because we maybe we. Link up with an Etsy shop or something. Yeah, we could. We could. We could Screw probably it. link up with an Etsy Red shop. Red Bubble, uh, and we could do that for all the teams too. It doesn't have to just be Nashville, but it, it does make Nashville the joke all the time. That's yeah. the joke. Everybody uh, loves that. Uh, by, and speaking of teams that everyone loves, we were just talking about them, Colorado. So <laughs> this is an interdivision alert. So this is probably not going to happen. But I was having some fun on Twitter the other day with the uh, Our Side of the Bench uh, podcast about uh, first things first. They offered us, and this is this is going back to hypothetical trades here. They they thought that maybe Devin Taves in a second for Tarasenko would be good. I'm like, done, sold, easily. And I, I then then he was like, wait a second, you guys are kind of eager to get rid of Tarasenko. No, 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 it's not that. Oh. No, it's not that. It's just that we'd love to see him go to a successful team as all. We're uh, glad that a competent team yeah. will take him. Give us Devontae's right fucking now. <laughs> and then somehow the, the conversation escalated to like Tarasenko and Dunn for Rantanen. And um, yeah, I don't. I think there's still some fans out there that don't know the entire Tarasenko story. So, uh, Which is shocking considering we just played them in the playoffs. <laughs> a, a, exact Mundo, but... Uh, with uh, with Colorado, I mean, yes, they have tasty pieces. I mean, their 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 roster is just built for world domination for the next couple of years. Uh, Landis Gog is a pending free agent. We were, the, I was even talking about potential trades for Landis Gog's rights um, for for Tarasenko. Someone suggested maybe we trade for Brendan Sod's rights, which I don't I don't know. That's I'm not that Ooh. excited about Sod. No, um, but absolutely no way in hell that Tarasenko becomes a Colorado avalanche, which means AZ sports guy. If you're still watching us, there is no way in hell Vladimir Tarasenko becomes a member of the Arizona coyotes. Let's just, I'm sorry. They, it makes sense on paper because they have a lot of cap space coming up. They might move on from Phil Kessel to free up some more money. Uh, no, I don't want Kessel either. Um, but yeah, Interdivision, and this is a team that already gives the Blues fits. So you want to really give them Tarasenko to make our lives even more hell? Uh, no, I'm going to pass on that. 
And no, we're not doing Albert Yuck. and Larson either. Go away. Yeah. Go away. No, crap. Yeah. Holy crap. It just goes on and on and on and on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. UFA <laughs> at the end of 2026 27. So that is one. UFA two, at the end of Tom Franklin's computer monitor. <laughs> Pretty much, basically. I mean, yeah. That might, that'll be probably like two monitors in the future by the time that thing ends. So here, here, here is the question, though. And this was, I think, actually, Ferrario kind of floated this as well. You know, there's there's rumors about Connor Garland not being, you know, so happy in Arizona. Is, is there any sort of combination of of players that include Garland that would intrigue you enough to trade Tarasenko to Arizona? Well, I, don't, I think it would be it wouldn't be one for one for Garland. I think, oh no, you know, gosh, no. we'd be giving the extra to get Garland. Maybe I maybe they want Vince Dunn. You know, because looking at their defense, they Thank have you. they have three players signed for this coming season. You know, on defense, three. Uh, so, yeah, they, they need the defensive help, although two of them are left-handed defensemen. But still, um, yeah, I, I would do Tarasenko and Dunn. For yeah. One. Garland was a Blues killer this past season. I got so sick of seeing him. And then I after he was killer done, I was, like, I was like, damn, this guy's a good player. Um, yeah. So, yeah, he's an RFA, and uh, he's only 25 years old. What are stats looking like? Uh well let's take a look at that shall we? Let's take a look. No, Vanna White. That's here. Uh, twelve goals, twenty-seven assists, thirty-nine points in forty-nine games, and even on the horrible, uh, well not horrible, but not great Arizona Coyotes, he was still a minus three. Uh, so you know he plays a two-way game. He he he's a point producer. He's a scrappy player. He's a guy that I know Blues fans would love. I would love to see Connor Garland. But just one small problem, Arizona is coming into the central, so I don't want to see what we give up for Garland <laughs> eight times in a season. That's true. So I unfortunately, I think our chronic Garland dreams are going to have to fade away for now unless he becomes a UFA down the road. Uh, one team that I do see being players uh, for the LA Kings, and as uh, Derek mentioned, might even be players for uh, uh, Jaden Schwartz as well. The L.A. Kings. Um, the L.A. Kings, their roster is about as set for twenty for the next season as any roster you'll find. Um, Andreas Atanaseu is like their only really big uh, free agent. He's an RFA. Eh, that's about it. I mean, they're otherwise, they are poised. I mean, this is including Arvidsson as well, who only makes 4.2 mil. That's a good contract. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, this team is pretty much set to go as it is, but they would probably love a, uh, a splashy guy like Tarasenko to play on one of their wings. And, you know, we're, and, and we got to think about Tarasenko as well, because, you know, he's only submitted 10 teams that he could be traded to. Um, wouldn't he like the big, the, the bright lights, the big city and a team that's floating so. up to rise out of the depths. I think he would probably like LA. Mm -hmm. um and, and and from the blues standpoint they have prospects they have money um they may not need um a lot of money offset if anything i think if tarasenko goes to la long term they're winning a cup with him no question about it, it these guys are going to be scary good in three to four years like it, la is going to be scary good yeah exactly exactly so i i think i think they're players uh what, what do you think wags yeah, I mean, just looking at, at the team, yeah, they, they do. They, they're pretty well set. They also have that youth in the system that they can either trade with or use to supplement when they do trade guys away. Uh, it, it just does – it comes down to the fact of, you know, what is L.A. willing to give up 
to kind of disrupt their team because they they kind of came together last year with the, the veterans and the youth in that team. They really united and pushed forward, and I don't know if they really want to disrupt that too much. It just depends on who they'd be willing to give up. I, do I like sending Tarasenko to, to L.A.? And not necessarily, but it's it's an okay idea. The, the big thing for me is you say you think Tarasenko would like the big lights of L.A. Um, I don't know if he actually would. Uh, you know, he's been kind of, I'm not going to say silent in St. Louis, but he's he's kind of enjoyed an anonymity, anonymity here, anonymity here, in, yeah, anonymity here in St. Louis. Yeah, he's had, you know, the spotlight on him per se, but he's never actually had the spotlight on him. Even when NBC and, and everybody would cover him, it still was only here and there. To have the full spotlight of a, of a LA market on him, I don't know if that's necessarily something he really would enjoy, but. You do get to play with a guy like Ozzy Kopitar, yes, my man crush of the NHL. Uh, and, and you do get to play with some youngsters like a, like a Kempe and like a Blake Lazat for now. We'll see if that changes anytime soon. But he, he would definitely probably enjoy playing in L.A. I just don't know if he would enjoy playing in L.A. That that that's a fair point. Not everyone likes the uh, the glitz and glamour. And I know I, Tarasenko. I think he grew up kind of a rural kid. I don't think he he wasn't he wasn't an urbanite in in, in Russia. So I can I can see what you're saying there. Uh, mm-hmm. By the way, as uh, Derek pointed out, Drew Doughty uh, makes almost as much as the rest of the defense. <laughs> in fact, in fact, he probably it, it's probably well, it's makes very a close. little bit less than a half. little bit less, but not much. Not much. Speaking of great contracts, this one goes, yep, all the way to the end of the monitor to uh, 26, 27 there. So uh, six more years on Drew Daddy's contract. That sounds like fun. Um, and then finally, the final team that, that, that might be a possibility here, the Seattle Kraken. And this is going to be a situation. Of course, they don't have anyone on their roster. They have $81.5 million in cap space, which is jealous. Um, but he, but the Seattle thing here is, and, and I and I've been thinking about this the past couple of days. You know, if I if I'm Seattle GM Ron Francis, if I'm the ownership group of Seattle, um, they could just take him for nothing and use him to sell jerseys. Remember James Neal in Vegas? Brilliant. Um, his like the, the the first Vegas jerseys that were ever released, you can only get one player, James Neal. Uh, and you have you see James Neal jerseys everywhere. You can get them for cheap right My now. Dad has one. So many of them made. That's for James Neal. James Neal is not a superstar. I mean, he's a very. I mean, at the time he was considered a very good player, but really a marketable guy. Not really. Imagine if Seattle takes Vladimir Tarasenko, and they make him the first jersey. That thing sells like oh, yeah. hot fire. I mean, I mean, I would, I would buy a Tarasenko Seattle jersey. I'd buy a Tarasenko cracking jersey. I think all three of us. <laughs> I absolutely proving your own point there. <laughs> From a marketing standpoint, I think it, it, if, genius. If the Blues decide to expose Tarasenko, and we'll talk about that in just a little bit, um, I think, I think he would be a. I think he's more attractive to Seattle than I think people realize, just because he is 
marketable. He is a guy that has been at that superstar level. He was with he was on the NHL EA Sports cover in the last five years. So um, that that's another thing to take note. Um, only thing is Seattle still needs to fill 30 spots and they know that the blues will be nervy about potentially losing Dunn, Barbashev and others. But, um, yeah, I really wonder. And by the way, it's going to be, I think it's gonna be very telling what Vladimir Tarasenko's trade market is, um, whether or not he is protected or not. Mm -hmm. If he is not protected by the blues, Armstrong is probably not getting good feedback from from the trade market. He may not be able to get a deal done. He may not have a deal done. But if he is protected, if Tarasenko is protected, then maybe there is a deal coming. And someone asked earlier, uh, do you trade uh, Tarasenko before or after uh, the expansion draft? I think you I think you do that after. Um, uh, but, you know, you, you still work, you're still working the phones. You're still trying to find the right trade for Tarasenko. But if he's protected, you got to wonder if a deal is coming for him. Because remember, Ryan Reeves. Um, you know, in, in the uh, Vegas draft. And then he was traded um, in that terrible deal. So um, what do you guys think about the possibility of, of uh, Tarasenko in Seattle? It's very intriguing to say the least. And, and, you know, I like your thoughts on the fact that they could use him as a marketing person as far as selling jerseys. But when you look at, when you looked at Vegas outside of James Neal, was there anybody that, their name jumped out at you that you could sit there and say, he's a guy that has won, won a Stanley cup. Yeah. And that's actually to me, honest, I'm shocked that they didn't go with flurry. Yeah. Uh, you know, you, you got a guy that won a Stanley cup. He is generally well known and it's, it's a lot cheaper to put Neil on the back of a Jersey than flurry or, or Tarasenko. True. Um, you look at the guys that are potentially available for Seattle to pick as well. And I'm just going to throw, I think I'm going to throw three other names out there. And I, I just, I, I want you to tell me which one you would, as Seattle, you would pick as your marketing guy, Matt Dumba, Matt Duchesne, PK Subban, or Vladimir Tarasenko. 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 So you think, more, you, you, think more second. Fan, you think more fans would buy a Tarasenko Jersey yep. than, than a PK well, Subban Jersey. Seattle, so. In Seattle, which is kind of, um, Progressive, I, progressive. I would that that's what I was looking for. Um, I could see them taking Subban just to make a statement, um, and and maybe having him being because they've been very. One thing Seattle's been very cognizant about is being diverse in their hires. Like you know, every time they hire someone, it's you know, it seems like lately that they've been a minority. Um, so what better way to accentuate that possibility than by getting PK Subban, who is the basically the poster child for African-Americans in the NHL. It actually might not be a, might, it might be a shrewd move for them to do that. Um, and, and this is, and this is, again, this is just Seattle here. This isn't every NHL team. Like I think, I think most NHL teams, if you give them Tarasenko or Subban, they would say Tarasenko. As so a Seattle, man, as a man who grew up in the Seattle area, yeah. I'm 100% seeing you, and I'm actually 100% agreeing with you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, Seattle is just woof. What oh. a garbage fire. But, oh. I mean, you know, yeah. I think you're totally right. They would totally they would totally go. They would fall all over that. Seattle so. seems like a great place, one of those places that's great to visit, but living would be great to visit. Sucks to live in. Yeah. Sucks I, to live in. The real estate market there is just atrocious. By the way, also, Derek points out if the captaincy matters to him, maybe an expansion team would be best for Tarasenko. 
So he would be probably anointed the king, you know, from the moment he's drafted in Seattle. So that would placate him definitely for sure. Um, it's but just once again, but once again, you're, there, there's potential of having three or four big name stars potentially on that team. And who's to say that Tarasenko would get that captaincy? I mean, Matt Dumba is looked at as a leader in Minnesota. Matt Duchesne, maybe not so much a leader per se in Nashville, but he has had experience on really good teams and been a part of leadership groups. And then help PK Subban, if he's available and drafted by them, has been a captain before. So, yeah. I mean, you, you look at it and you go, it's not necessarily even a given thing that he would be given the keys to the captaincy in that instance. Yes, he, I believe he would be the only one of the four that would be a Stanley Cup champion. But once again, if he wasn't made captain of the St. Louis Blues after winning a Stanley Cup, why would he be the guy that they pick over guys like a, a younger man in Dumba or a Matt Duchesne or a PK Subban? That's a fair point as well. But you know, he, but the thing with with if Tarasenko is picked by Seattle, he's got to go to Seattle. I mean, he, he's not going to be able to, like, I mean, it, it would be very disingenuous for him to get picked by Seattle and then say, well, I don't want to play here because they're not going to give me the captaincy. Well, then who's going to want you then after that? I mean, you, you're pretty much making, you're, you're giving us a list of 10 teams out of 30 that you want to go to, and one of them has to make you the captain. That, 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 that's not going to work. He's not, he's not going to get his way then. No, no. And, and I know that what we're saying, we're, we're talking about if, if he's traded to Seattle, not so much if he's exposed and picked by Seattle in the expansion draft. If he's, if he's picked by Seattle in the expansion draft because he's exposed, yes, he's going to go there, he's going to play, and he's going to do what he does. But he's not going to force a trade to, to Seattle in, the, in that sense and go, hey, I want you to send me here so I can be the captain, so I can be the guy that you put on the back of your jersey. It's more so if it's the expansion draft, yeah, it's a, it's a little bit of a, a different story. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely, absolutely, and I, I just, and I'm, I'm halfway kind of wondering, and I, and we'll leave all this episode on this. If, if the goal, if, if part of your goal in trading Tarasenko is getting his cap off the books, it would you feel satisfied if he gets picked by Seattle, or would you feel let down? Mm, I think I feel a little bit let down because that means that no one gave you anything of value in the trade market. I mean, like like Ferrario said at the beginning of this, if Chicago calls you and, and offers you Zadorov and a first and, and you you take it. So yeah. if, if you don't even get an offer of Zadorov and a first <laughs> before the expansion draft and you expose him and he gets taken, I mean, what's, what's that really say about how the league views Tarasenko? And if that's the case – why would you make him the poster child of your of your team to try and sell jerseys if nobody else was willing to give up anything for him? That's true. That's a good point. What uh, What do you think, Mason? That's a loaded question. We have that broken is a loaded Mason. question. I <laughs> Wait, did we just well, make Mason speechless? I think I, I think broke Mason. I, th- I think you wow. broke me. You we broke were- me. Well, Blues fan mimes. I'm, I'm, I'm not thinking. <laughs> I'm thinking a Blues fan shuts his fucking mouth for once. Uh, <laughs> I mark it, mark it down. A minute, uh, an hour and thirty-two minutes into the show. Well, yes. criminy. Um, <laughs> I think I, I I'm not so hung up on the question as just thinking about what you would feel like if you were Tarasenko in that position. Like well, you were passed yeah, up. Seattle would get by a everybody. pissed off player for sure. Well, how yeah, Seattle we, would get a very pissed off player. But how like, we, go ahead. No, you go ahead because I don't even know where I was I, going I, with I, it. I was going to say, how did we feel when Perron was lighting it up for Vegas? 
I'm happy for him. Yeah. I was happy for him. I was a little yeah. bit like peeved that Armstrong didn't protect well, him, didn't protect him, but protected Reeves and then traded him immediately. I was forgiven him for that. Uh, I, it's it's kind of worked out in the end, has it not? It did, a it little bit, but and you know, I, I, I was pissed. <laughs> and it's funny you say that because I was not a Perron fan before he got plucked by Vegas. I didn't like him in his I he drove me nuts in his first tenure. He drove me nuts in his second tenure. <laughs> and then he went to Vegas and became just an absolute, you know, freaking mint condition forward you know and he's been fantastic ever since so i mean i mean i, mean, I, I think <laughs> I, I was happy for peron i'm glad it worked out and then when he came back i was like oh, okay and then 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 he proved me wrong right away by becoming an elite sniper so go figure i, I think that i'm speechless again honestly <laughs> Up. Don't even know where to go with that. Don't even know where to go. With, I mean, I'm thinking about Peron, and I'm, I'm, I like, like I said, I, I haven't forgiven Doug Armstrong for 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 what he did there. Uh, you can see a similar story with Tarasenko, though. I mean, I would be happy to see him have success. I'd have, I would be happy to see him have success anywhere. He deserves it. But I'm just thinking, like, how would he feel that he was passed up by all these teams? Comes to Seattle, and then imagine if he doesn't get the captaincy that he wants. Well, you know, as as That's Derek points out, it, as, as Derek That's points out, when you go to the KHL, it's a big hypothetical, and Derek wouldn't be surprised if he's over the captaincy thing if it ever was a thing in the first place, which it was. It wasn't the was. reason he's asked to trade, but it's just like it's one of the reasons. Mm. It's not like one thing that is causing Tarasenko to go. It's a multitude of of different things. Um, by the way, Rodney Hale chimes in. I've been hearing that the Blues could have a trade that sends Tarasenko to the Flames for Johnny Hockey. We were talking about that earlier. Uh, I would love Goudreau. It would not be a one-for-one trade. And I, as we as we all kind of agreed, I don't know if Calgary would be keen on that. Um, even, even if Johnny Hockey needs a change of scenery, too, um, I, 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 it's a pipe dream. It, it, I would love to see it, but I don't know if we do. We'd have to really sweeten the pot there. Yeah, uh, Derek points out. I don't think Perron would be the player that he is today without having gone through true. the experience of playing for uh, so many teams, which is true. I mean, sometimes and how? What about? And this is kind of piggybacking on that. I mean, he he did get the experience of playing in Crosby and Pittsburgh, learning how to win and, and stuff like that. But what about the experience of playing in Vegas the year he did with the shooting that happened right before the season? Kind of really maybe showing Perron the importance of life and and what's really important. Maybe that galvanized him to become a player not not to say to use that as an excuse or anything or an example or anything like because there's a terrible horrific tragedy but yeah. going through that experience especially after leaving a town that you had gone back to because you wanted to play there all that stuff kind of came together and then they go on a, on a cup run he, he really sees what a team is all about and he he matures and, and brings that back to st louis so like a full disney script pretty much yeah 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 <laughs> I still want to see a movie of the of the Vegas's inaugural season. I still want to see that. Well, we're oh, going yeah. to see a, a Kurt Warner I'd story. Pay, I'd pay good money for that. <laughs> um, by so, um, by the way, Vegas points out that he, uh, Vegas Blues fan points out that it would be a letdown if we got nothing for Tarasenko. And I'm just, you know, as, as I mentioned earlier, we're only going by what information that we're being fed to us, you know, and very little gets out of this blues organization. One thing that Russ is boring for us. 
Yeah. Yeah. One, one thing that one thing that Rutherford mentioned in his athletic article was that apparently the Blues were quietly talking to other GMs about Tarasenko and wasn't getting a lot of interest. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what those teams were. I don't know how many of those teams are on Tarasenko's potential trade list. We just don't know. Um, and again, I think a lot of that, a lot about what his perceived value is going to come up when the expansion draft comes up, and he's either protected or he's not. If he's not, if he's not, if he's not protected, I'm taking that as a signal that Army has exhausted his options or doesn't feel he's going to get anything worth of value, or at the very least, he maybe he could get a deal, but he has to eat half of his salary. And to me, part of the value of of Tarasenko going to Seattle would be freeing up that money. That would be part of the value for me that you can use to bring back Hoffman or sign someone in his stead. Maybe get an upgrade on defense um, because, yes, the Blues need an upgrade on defense. And going from you know $15 million in cap space to 22 and a half is, is, is that's a big jump for a team like the Blues sure. who, don't need a, who don't need much. But it would be nice if they got a big piece. And uh, that, that might be the value right there. Um, Rodney's also heard that the Blues are going to push that. Landis Gog, um, if he makes it to the free agency, which, again, I talked to a couple of ass podcasters, one of them, uh, Griffin Youngs, who is very skeptical that Landis Gog will actually make it to free agency. He, Unless Landis Gog is asking for some sort of weird dollar amount, but he's heard that he might be signed before free agency comes along. So shucks um we've been talking about the expansion draft uh we've been talking about our expansion list for this show but we have gone an hour and 40 minutes because it turns out when the subject of vladimir tarasenko potentially being traded comes up we tend to talk a lot about it let's just face it guys so what we're gonna do is sometime during this week um and wags you you probably know scott tobin's better schedule better than i do but if you know there's a night that scott's not going to do the toast to tavern or not going to be able to maybe we come back um and do our expansion list like maybe like friday for instance i think the cardinals are at home friday i'd night. have to do yep. it from uh, i'd have to do it from uh, california i'll be in california so hey you get a beachside view while we talk Ooh, that. look at me i'm going to oh, california yes i know very fancy trying, trying to keep up with me in hawaii there is that is that Ooh. it that's right I, there's a little bit of like waving our dicks around here going on with <laughs> our vacation so, yeah. I'm, going, I'm going to i'm going to vegas in august so you know I mean, uh, you're going to Vegas in August. Yeah, Wags, I'm meeting you down there. <laughs> okay, oh, there we go. the 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 first ever Toasted Summit in Vegas in August. Vegas Toasted Summit 2021, Las Vegas, Nevada. Oh, we can get t-shirts. <laughs> Let's get t-shirts. Yeah. <laughs> all right, all right, Mason, get on that. You're our t-shirt guy. I'll get on that. I'm the merch guy. I'm the merch. Don't forget, guy. I'm whelmed. That. I'm whelmed too. Yeah. And I'm yeah. whelmed in the banners. Got it. Yes. It, it, it's going to be a very whelming experience. <laughs> it's be a very whelming. <laughs> <laughs> we're so tired. We are. We really are. We're, we're so flat happy. My apartment's got like. Like, you know, it, it, it's about 70 hot in here. here and it's stuffy. So uh, I'm chugging water just to survive. So, um, but it could be worse. We could be in the Death Valley and we're not. So thank God for that. So this I want to think, holy cow. And you haven't had to make one bathroom trip? Nope. I got he's, bladder. He's wearing, he's wearing a catheter. He's got a catheter in. <laughs> <I'm wearing> a <laughs> catheter. That's it. 
Uh, speaking of our first sponsors, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> kidding, kidding, kidding. Well, thank you very much for watching the the I guess the return of this uh, hockey podcast, formerly known as Blue Notes, Toasted St. Louis Blues. You guys have been with us ever since this recording started. There's been a lot of you that have been watching the uh, live stream, and I want to thank each and every one of you guys for joining us here on this new venture of ours as part of Toasted St. Louis. Uh, be sure to follow Toasted St. Louis on twitter as well as uh, you can find us on facebook and youtube as well uh we will let you know exactly when we will be back to do that expansion list episode again it just we're just we'll let you know tonight time here we'll we're rambling out. tonight but hopefully hopefully in the very near future we will let you know when we will be back for that and then of course after that we are planning maybe like maybe on sunday maybe on monday drafting seattle once all the expansion lists are out, the three of us will go into Cap Friendly's uh, tool and we will try to pick the Seattle Kraken and let us know what you guys think of that as well. But in the meantime, uh, guys, any final thoughts? No, just I honestly ready for the the resolution to this Tarasenko thing to, to kind of finalize whether it's before or after the expansion draft we'll see and you know just a side note maybe we might be cool to do like a live stream of us each taking turns making the picks for seattle as well potentially might Mm, be something to think about like during the draft itself yeah no no, not not during the draft itself like instead of us each pick maybe we each pick our own like pick seattle ourselves but then literally put the gm hat on on a live stream for each team and like you make arizona's pick then you make boston's pick then i make buffalo's pick and go like that Ooh, i like that idea i like that idea well, we'll we'll work the work we'll refine it and we'll work it out the uh, next. Uh, there'll be two episodes ahead of us now, so um, which means we're off to a great start already. Here it's the off season, and we have content to talk about and provide to you. So, Mason, I know you're still thinking about Tarasenko as a Kraken. Any final thoughts? I want to go to bed. He's had a long day. We've kept him up late enough. Long day. Long day. I can't complain because of the time zone, but oh sheesh. Yeah, you get you get you get to shave an hour off of us. It's well, okay. Last two days, Friday and Saturday, I've driven to Payson, Utah, and back, which is fifty-five miles each way. It has not been fun. So I would go to Payson, drive fifty-five miles, and then stand on my feet all day for a convention because I was doing it with the store's booth. Stand for eight hours, then drive home. Do the same thing on Saturday, only this time like five hours earlier. So it was not fun. I'm dead. Good night. But <laughs> see, he's a hockey player though, so he he, he powered through. Out. But now he he has powered out. So uh, that's going to do it for this episode of Toast of St. Louis Blues. Uh, thank you so much for joining us, and always play to the whistle. For new episodes, merchandise, and behind-the-scenes content. Be sure to visit ToastedSTL.com or follow us on Twitter at Toasted St. Louis. I'm the voice of the blues, Tom Calhoun. Let's get toasted!